Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello, and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and... I will search for you through 1,000 chunks and 10,000 chunk times until I find you. <laughs> I'm Carter, and I will chunk for you in all of them. Mm. Yeah, that'll work. That's the, so Doge, Doge took the quote I wanted, and so I knew- You can say it I too. Knew, but I knew that would happen, and I was like, I'm just, I'll am just, i just take it and keep it going. Because that's by far- I bet far, you could do a better Keanu than me. That's by far the best quote. Yeah, that's very good. Hey, I don't want to waste a lot of time up front with a lot of goofiness, because that's not really our style. But <laughs> no. I noticed that none of us claimed hunktitude this week. Well, I'll tell you why. She's the hippest, <laughs> teenest witch around. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about Sabrina. I'm talking about mm. Melissa Joan Hart. Melissa yeah. Joan Hart is our Joan hunk Hart. this week. Melissa yep, Joan Hart, need- our hunk. People need to listen to yesterday's Mini Monday episode to find out more about that. Long story short. We're basically the same person. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So to use, to use halo terms, uh, we got yoinked. (laughs) (laughs) We did get yoinked. So, uh, yeah, there, uh, I don't know. I I don't, I don't want to part the curtain here too much and not push you towards mini Monday, but guys, uh, they're making our movie. Yeah, they really are. Our Hallmark movie that we wrote, uh, as a joke, they're making it. It's uh, real now as a real real thing. It's a real thing. I can't wait to watch it because yeah. I'm confident it's going to be so much better than ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not a high bar to clear. I don't think, but, uh, that's pretty wild. I honestly can't really believe it yeah. myself, but it is happening. It's true. Um, Felice and Navidad. Speaking about movies, speaking, I'd on. love to do that. And, uh, the movie that I'd like to talk about this week is uh, the third installment, third week of our blockbusted series. And that movie is called 47 Ronin. Okay. This movie, uh, more than more than most, deserves a synopsis right up here, right up top. Doge, hit me with your best shot. What is up topper than up top? Ice cold. Exactly. And so we're hitting you with a 10 star <laughs> yeah. review first thing oh, before 10 star. Before we get in uh, and we really we really cut the legs out from under this movie and we reveal it to be such awful potato salad. Uh, <laughs> a 10 star review on IMDb from Mount Marquis, January 7th, 2014. This review is titled Absolutely Excellent. Great version of 47 Ronin. For martial arts people, really minimal use of the wire, great talent employed in this. 
For authenticity, the 47 Ronin story is well done. The cast is mostly really Japanese, lending a nice feel using a cast with Japanese culture. And Reeves does a nice job as Kai. A few subtle Western touches enhance the ability of the audience to relate to the story. For effects, very nice integration of 3D and CG without overdoing. Critics who panned this really missed the boat. I will probably add this as a DVD to my very sparse Keeper library. If you are into superficial, it's not your movie. Of course, the ending is something you need to be accustomed to for the non-Western happily ever after fairy tale. Three of seven found this review helpful. This person acts like there's only two kinds of movies. Right. Whatever his happily ever after fairy tale are is in 47 Ronin. Two kinds of movies. Bad movies and 47 Ronin. And and then there's a keeper list. There's something so admirable about somebody who just like intensely, intensely likes something so odd to love. (laughs) You know? I I don't don't even want to say, I don't even want to necessarily say like, like something so bad or like anything like that. It's just like the love that somebody is capable of feeling for something that it's like, really? Okay. Like, I don't know. All right. More power to you. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that there are people out there that like, dude, I got a Jupiter ascending tattoo on my back and it just talks about reverse gravity. Like (laughs) there's somebody, there is somebody who Jupiter ascending is their favorite movie. There's somebody who 47 Ronin is their favorite movie. That's just wild to me. That's surprising. That's surprising. (laughs) Well, if you want to know what 47 Ronin is about, if you want to know why Mount Marquis is so in on this great movie, IMDb has got the resources to help you understand what the story is. This week's synopsis has no author, which of course we know means it's sprung fully formed from the head of Zeus like Athena. And it says, Mm -hmm. in ancient Japan, a small kid named Kai is found in a ditch in the woods Mm -hmm. as a man living in the kingdom of Akko? Akko? It's Akko, I think. Akko? It's Akko, Yeah. As a man living in the kingdom of Akko, he enters a tournament when the original fighter is blinded. His chances for success fail when he is knocked down, and he is banished from Akko. Now, he teams up with 46 other banished ronin in order to not only save Akko, but also Kai's girlfriend, Mika, from a tyrant and his spy. Girlfriend feels presumptuous. Well, Keanu's presence in this movie feels presumptuous, so perhaps it's a bad <laughs> Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Okay, so the first <laughs> thing that I want to say before we do anything is that I didn't know because I was given no reason to know, but I didn't know until the credits rolled that this is apparently based off of like real folklore. Yep. Uh, not yep. even, f- I mean, folklore it's like a real that thing was, that happened in the early 1700s. Yeah, like the 1700 yeah. itself. There were 40... Rumored 47 Ronin. They're actually, you can visit their tomb if you wanted to. Did you say 1700? Um, yeah. That the feels too late. Is yeah, that real? I think, yep. Very much. So, so to put it in perspective, and I think that to me, I'm just going to start things off real strong with my super dump, is that this movie has no idea what it is. This movie said, people sure do love peanut butter, right? And somebody's like, yeah. And they're like, people sure do love steak, right? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, I've got it. A peanut butter steak. And they don't go together it's at all in any way. The mythological elements of this and Keanu's, like Keanu's whole story is the most out of place thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's We do not need these mythological creatures. We don't need this. And, and I do respect that. Like we get... Elements of Japanese folklore. I don't remember the name of the creature at the beginning, but that's a creature in, you know, that would be like if we put a Sasquatch in a movie set in the Pacific Northwest, you know, like that's a creature. Uh, There's stories of a, a beautiful woman who could turn into a fox who's also a witch. Like that's cool that they've included that stuff. It's cool that we've included this very Eastern style dragon. Now we do have a breathing fire, which is a European thing, but that stuff is cool, but that is not this movie. Like this is not pirates of the Caribbean. This feels like it should be like gladiator or kingdom of heaven or something like that. Yeah. It is like, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't go together. I was trying to find what realm this was in. It's not like pride and prejudice and zombies, right? Cause that is a, a a on purpose farce to be like, what, what happens if we put something that isn't a part of this world in this world? It's like if, if the Alamo, like we find out that somehow the men that helped defend the Alamo had help 
from extraterrestrials. Exactly. Right. right. That's exactly what it is. So, and it is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I've noticed about um, all three of these movies now, part of the series, is the common thread and the, I think why they are unsuccessful largely is because Doge, basically what you said, they don't know what they are, but they all to me seem like they were supposed specifically supposed to be something else. And I can pinpoint what I think that something else is. So for Jupiter ascending, you know, we talked about, it feels like it was really supposed to lean hard into the like space opera type vibe and it never quite got there. And it was supposed to lean a little harder into the maybe, um, goofy and it never quite got there and it felt like right. it was supposed to like exist in that realm. It feels like it's like it, this is like draft like 30 of it where it's just like, there's so many old bones in this movie that don't work anymore. Right. 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 It, for me. So we talked about monster trucks, all the stuff that, uh, you know, we think that was, I think it feels the whole time through, it feels like this should have been a video game with all of the like quests really to go like get the special yeah. weapons and like how so many of the f- fights felt like boss fights and like the enter the arena with almost no weapons to beat the monster that you're supposed to lose to, but then you beat like all of it felt so video game to me. Yeah. Um, in like a bad way. Yeah. Like, like, like not enough meat there like to Ze- turn like that video old, game. Old Zelda, you know what I mean? Right. Like, not that old Zelda is bad, but like there is some elements of which old Zelda would not work as well, a, a non-interactive if, story. If you turned Ocarina of Time into a movie, you could not do beat for beat the video game story because it would be boring. It's it, exactly. It would, it would become fetch quest the Ronin. movie. Right. So <laughs> if you were to do that, you'd have to find a way to rework the elements to fit. And this feels like there's somewhere out there a 47 Ronin video game I've never heard of. And they were just like, let's do a really faithful remake of this as a movie and just kept all of the fetch quests and everything in it. Um, and, and yeah, so it just totally all wrong, I think, for like the majority of this movie. Um, and and speaking of all wrong, and, and we're talking about this all up front and it's none of this is even my super dump yet but speaking of all wrong can we talk about keanu's casting for a little bit mm-hmm. so i love keanu i'm i'm to the point in my life where i would almost say i'm a diehard keanu fan i think um and i also you know i can appreciate the idea that the main character in this movie is supposed to be somebody who is considered an outsider uh due to the fact that he's not like completely japanese and i understand that he felt just weird to me in this movie. So, so out of place. I, I really don't think we need that character at all. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that this story has been told a million times and you don't have to have the half breed character. Like that's yeah. so strange. It felt like really, it felt like we wanted to make a movie based on the story of the 47 Ronin. Yeah. And we did not have faith that an all Japanese cast could carry a movie in the West. And so we added Keanu. Yeah. Also, yeah. I want to be clear to those listening that decided not to watch along with us this series. Half breed is what they refer to him as in the movie. That is not Doja's sensibilities coming out in this podcast episode. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to do. So this movie was, when was this movie made? Uh, was it, it originally slated for release in 2013, but I think it released at least over Christmas 2013, I think, actually. So a decade before, we had The Last Samurai yeah, with Tom Cruise. Right. We're in a predominantly uh, Japanese setting. Like, he's the only, like, white guy. But that's because he's a military advisor. Like, he's a... Uh, like he's getting into the samurai culture. Like they at least gave us a reason for why that's yeah, happening. But a reason he's there. Like hair and everything. It was that, that was, that felt like a mistake. And I feel like in a lot of these movies, we get to be on this end of it and be like, why didn't they catch this? Like the, the, it always feels like there's such obvious things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of those is, I mean, Keanu does really well internationally. Keanu is a huge pull for worldwide growth. So this movie was 175 million in the U S made 35 million and it cost 175 million, but worldwide it made a hundred about 150 million movie business is not meant to be close to breaking even like you're supposed to do really well, but yeah. Well, the general rule of thumb is that you can double the reported budget uh, to find the actual budget. So unless, unless a movie does double its budget, it doesn't break even. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Not so much. Now, granted, it doesn't feel... There were parts of it that, to me, didn't feel completely out of place for Keanu. Like, if you want 
kind of a stoic or someone who's just sure. trying to like be intense. I mean, it's like in his wheelhouse. So I can't imagine if you're picking some other random actor. Yeah, I think that I it would have that. gone as well. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I think if we cast Keanu, we remove it from history completely. And it's oh, yeah. entirely mythological. Well, we everything. Don't, are, yeah. We don't try to stick him in the story of the like, that's that's like if we try to stick Hercules in the story of the American Revolution. It's like that's yeah. they just don't go together. So, well, and even even so, along those lines, when when Keanu was utilized, it still felt like Keanu was the main character in a movie about uh, Oishi. Yes, like it, yep. it felt like it felt like the movie is not about Kai at all. Yep, except so for me, that he loves the girl. That's it. Let me give you both sides of this. Then let me give you my super dump immediately followed by my super pump. Whoa. Okay. So my super dump. Uh, even though, and I'm, I'm trying to preface it and sugarcoat it that I did like Keanu wasn't awful having to pull off what he was having to pull off. But the super dump is that the character Kai even exists. Yeah. I think if you take away Kai and have this take away the ambiguous, what does half breed mean? Does it mean he's half demon? No, it just means every now and then we start to look like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, and he kind of disappears into smoke and can fight people. And for some reason only chooses to do this twice in the movie. Like, uh, right. we get to take away that we get to take away any need to have a fantasy element you had the setting you had pretty impressive costuming even though it was not yes. necessarily 1700 it was like a more creative take at that yeah. it, won, it feels it like a Saturn award yeah it felt the like costuming. they did a lot of research on that like just do that like just give me a, yeah. a closer to a period piece that you yes. get to because it's folklore you get to make it a little fictional, fictionalized my super yeah. pump is Asada as Oishi. I love yes. this actor. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. He's San- my super pop. Uh, do you mean Sonata? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, uh, sorry, Sonata. Hiro- yes. Hiro- Hiroyuki, I think. Yeah. Hiroki Sonata. Yes. Making him, just make him the main character, which he kind of felt like he was. And have it focus on him yes. and make it all Japanese. Why is it in English? Make it in Japanese. 130. Did you see that trivia on IMDb? No. Oh, that they actually filmed it in Japanese first. They shot the movie twice. What? They ran the scenes in Japanese for the benefit of the native speakers, and then they did it in English and rolled the cameras on the English version for Keanu. Shut up. That's what I'm saying. Like that is why unbelievable. That is why the character Kai is borderline offensive. The fact that like we're going to build all of this, which honestly, what he's trying to portray in a in a fantasy aspect has nothing to do with the culture, and in a cultural aspect. The person of Keanu Reeves has nothing to do with this story. So why is he here? Like get yeah. rid of Keanu, get rid of Kai. That's my super dump. And super pump is make it, make it about Oishi. Dude, Oishi was I'd like great. to think that now, I'd like to think that now in a post-Parasite world, a studio would not be as afraid of releasing a subtitled film to a Western market. I think that's true. I think that's you true. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if this was made now, if they would be okay rolling the cameras on the Japanese version. Have, have either of you seen uh, the movie Old Boy? No, I haven't, the, but I know, not, I know not the American one. Yeah. So they're, they're at the very beginning. Um, and I'm talking minuscule, but there's just some echoes of old boy in there and echo, uh, old boy is a really interesting movie. Uh, probably, probably don't watch it, but <laughs> old boy is a really interesting movie, um, about vengeance. And that's kind of where this thing goes to. And I, I guess, you know, when you were talking about shooting it all, um, not in English and subtitled, like nothing old boy didn't old boy didn't suffer because it wasn't in English. Like this movie would have been better. You're right. This yes. movie would have been better without Keanu, without it being in English. And if it was just a period piece story of 47, you know, quote unquote disgraced former samurai storming yeah. a castle. Because or, you wanted, or we lean hard the other direction, and it's full the story fantasy. of Keanu, <laughs> Keanu and Uishi sailing around the entire world to gather forty-seven magic weapons to yeah. defeat the new the guy. You know, that's like, kind of like, where I thought we were going for a little bit, and I got a little excited about it. Yeah, when they go to like the port town and stuff like that, it started to feel more like a D and D campaign. Was that but, a human that he was fighting in there, or <clears> a monster? I don't know, dude. And that's the thing too. That's what I was going to say. Like. Because we were going so heavy, leaning heavy into the fantasy aspect of things, there's no character building. The main point of the folklore of the 47 Ronin is the value that the Japanese culture holds to loyalty. And the fact that these 47 knew they would have to honorably take their own lives to to avenge their leader. And so it's like, you took the meat of it. Like, that's the whole point. 
and I didn't See, feel I want anything. That story now. I know. Like, that, I, I know. I'm, I didn't feel anything for them. No. I, I, I you want, watch. Yeah. I want gladiator quality, but give me the story of yeah, forty-seven men scattered to the wind who band together a year later, a year after they were dispersed, and say, yeah. "In order to do what we're about to do, mm-hmm. we will have to die, but it's worth it to us." Yeah, yeah man, it's, that it's, story it's, is cool. <laughs> yeah, and that that like transcends because that is like that is a of biblical proportion kind right, of yeah. like narrative, right? So it's, it's an like- epic narrative. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Why on earth <laughs> was it treated the way it was? Because I really only recognize, if you count Keanu, three of the 47. Yeah. And yeah. you're telling me almost two and a half hours isn't enough time. Like, is there another one? Is there another version of this that is faithful? Like, is there a movie version oh, of this? Oh, there's a million. Missing? There's a million several versions several of several. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I was curious about. Because I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, that, I think you're right. And I, and I totally agree. Those, that was my thought the whole time is like, they missed, they missed an incredible movie that lives inside of this movie. <laughs> I know that's, that's what, what makes you know, it so hard to watch because it was so exactly. close. It was so close to being something I would love. Dude, yes. A hundred percent. But can I say something a little crazy right here, right now? I didn't hate this. We always let you. I didn't hate it. It was, it was not, it was not good. And, and I, I see all the flaws we're talking about and it, yeah. it is absolutely infinitely worse because of those flaws. But like, maybe it's just comparatively to what else we're watching through right now, like with Jupiter ascending and whatnot and what have you. Uh, I had fun. I thought it was kind of fun. It was, I was in, weird. I was enjoying it until I looked on Wikipedia, like at the entry for this movie. Cause I was trying to see the budget and it was like, uh, it contained a, a section where it's like other versions of the 47 Ronin story. And I was like, wait, is this a thing? And then once I found out that it was based on a historical event and it's not like something that happened in the year 10 hundred, like this is 17 hundreds. Like this is not that long ago. Yeah. That's ha- the moment that I was like, oh, actually I'm out on this. Have you seen yeah. the, have you seen the video of the dog? They put two cups face down and the dog paws one and they lift the cup yes. up and there's a treat. And the dog gets so excited and then they lift the other cup and there's like 30 treats under it. Yes. And they yes. scoot him all away. He gets so sad. <laughs> Re- realizing what this story could have been feels like that to me. Like I watched the movie yeah. and I saw the one treat and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. <clears throat> and then when I realized what it could have been, it was like I watched all the other 30 spill out of the cup to my left. And I was like, ah, what could have been, you know? Yeah. And I, I wonder how many people finished, liked this movie in the theaters. And we're like, this is cool. Got to the end of it. And saw that it was a true story, looked it up and we're like, no, this was bad. Imagine if Braveheart had fantasy elements in it. Dude, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I'm okay. Even, I think this movie could have been okay with some subtle fantasy. Um, You know, some um, Gladiator has the dream sequence, which feels a little fantasy-esque and doesn't necessarily but like st- implied stuff that could easily be interpreted as metaphor that doesn't actually affect the physical world around it, but just sure, stuff that is yeah. like fantastical imagery, I think could have gone very yeah, well. I mean, I'm down for a little bit of the witchcraft. Sure. That's a fun soundbite, isn't it? Um, yeah. If, uh, <laughs> he, Carter like is down for a little bit. I'm down for a little witchcraft. bit of witchcraft. Uh, I think that's okay to have and it semi-believable. Is, because but also like, the witch is my super dump. Dude, she's unnecessary. She's so bad. I mean, the the line that she was trying to ride between like sexy and spooky, she missed both. She missed both lines. She is the exact type of villain that I do not find scary at all. Her whole like poor actress. I don't know her name, but like there were several times that her her eye was noticeably twitching, trying to hold in that ice blue contact. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for you. That's got to be so uncomfortable, dude. When she's like crawling over um, the the girl, I can't remember her name. Hold on, Uh, Mika. When she's crawling over Mika, trying to like scare her with that knife. And all of her dialogue is expository about, I would hurt you, but I can't, but it doesn't say that you can't hurt yourself. And I'm so spooky and scary, blah, blah, blah. I feel like if she had been sitting on the chair when Mika woke up and she was just like, she just threw the knife down at her and she was like, I can't touch you. Doesn't mean you can't walked out. That's scary. That's a psychotic villain. But this like, I don't know. All I could think of was syndrome. You caught me monologuing. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. so monologuing and weird. Now I will say the visual of her 
silhouette behind the door. And then when it comes around, it's just the empty dress. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, she, she was the weakest part of this whole movie to me. And she could have been so interesting. Yeah. Rinko Kakushi. She was in uh, Pacific Rim of, of notable. She's one of the main characters in Pacific Rim, which I actually loved a lot. She's in Babel. So she's, she's a bigger name, but yeah, I, Jordan, I agree with you. I think her, her hair felt like a representation of so bad. What, what the writing, what the writing, what everybody did wrong. It's like, they tried to put so much creative energy into certain visual aspects. Stuff that doesn't matter. New things that don't matter. Like her hair, that witch's hair moving around to later find out like, is that a spider or a dragon? Whoa. The imagery like right that, that represents to me, every fantastical aspect of this that's unnecessary. It just fell flat. Now, so so the- That spider be spooky though. Yeah, I didn't like the spider. Yeah, no thanks to the spider. Let's talk about the fantastical element that worked for Jordan. What is it? The demon's cave. Yeah. The the idea of, you know, he has to, he's watching all of his men die in this cave and he just keeps hearing the temptation to pick up the sword and defend them, but he knows that he can't. So he has to watch them all die and then come to find out that was the test and he passed. Yeah. That's really, really interesting to me. I've had a Jimmy Neutron style bl- brain blast. Are you Give ready to, to hear it? Give it to me. That sequence reminded me of the Odyssey, Tie Me to the Mast, yes. right? When they're trying to call him overboard. Yes. Why do we not make this movie the worldwide the- Odyssey? And it is folklore from all seven continents, all kinds of creatures, and we're sailing around the entire world trying yeah, to gather things. But that's a different movie, right? Because like that is a I different want the movie story that- of the forty-seven Ronin in forty-seven Ronin. But give right, me, but we have to decide. Like, let's right. not call this forty-seven Ronin, and let's call this the worldwide Odyssey. Odyssey worldwide, starring Pitbull, obviously yeah. in the title. Yeah, role. I was gonna sure. say, dude, yeah. you're <laughs> leaning like, on the Pitbull there. But Jordan, you're doing a funny thing and it's, it is, it is not a shot at you, but it's like, it's reiterating my super dump and pump. You explained your favorite part of the movie and didn't even mention the Keanu portions of it. Correct. You're correct. Because, because we he don't doesn't need matter. that. The, him, the best him, part of that whole scene is Oishi. Well, yes. him, oh, I completely agree with you. Keanu fighting, Kai fighting like the king of yeah. the demons is inconsequential entirely. Nothing it's changes. It's supposed to introduce what he can do as a half-breed, which, Doesn't hey, by he, the way, still don't promises, know what you can do. I think he promises not to do that against humans, though, right? That's why he can do it against the dragon at the end. Does he? Dude, is that a thing? I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Is that a I thing? Mean, if it know. is, it's a, it's a lose-lose, because if it's not, that's dumb. If it is, that's dumb. Well, and if he can do it, if he can do it without fighting, like maybe it's, uh, maybe it's like a combat only move and like his skill set switches in and out of combat, like a video game again. But if he can, if he can do it whenever he wants, Hey, why'd he stay down in that cage? If he could just smoke out through the cage, just and he's gone. Why'd he stay there? Here's the, the question I have for you. Is there a way to make it look more Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and look less Voldemort turning into a smoke monster and flying around Hogwarts? Uh, um, probably, yeah. Time for freezes sure. with camera movements would do the it, trick for sure. It's a little Death eatery. Well, we do have an ultra slow-mo. One moment of ultra slow-mo. Which was what? Uh, when he hit Oishi in the gut with the like wooden sword when oh, he was fighting him yeah. in the pit. Yeah. Hey, why didn't Kai recognize Oishi at the fighting pit? Oh, wait, I guess Kai did leave the cage because he was at the fighting pit a year later when Oishi got out. Well, he got sold, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, so he still should have escaped. I stand by it. But this is, see, the, the problem is that we're trying to remember things that happened in the first 35 or 40 minutes of this movie and the story does not start until 40 minutes in. They dude, all decide what they're going to do. Isn't that true though? Isn't that true completely? We don't need the first 40 minutes of this movie. That can all be told through flashbacks or we can infer that. We do not need... The fight against, uh, like the beast, the Kirin, uh, the, the like, yeah, yeah. Creature that they fight at the beginning. We don't need that moment. We don't need anything that happens before the Ronin are dispersed. Well, yeah. to, to Carter's point, the only reason we get the first 45 minutes of this movie is to catch us up on Kai. If, That's true. If, if Oishi's yeah, our yeah. main character, all we need to do is jump in and say, he's super loyal and he loves the man that he serves. Like, He's going to stick by his side and protect him. Yes. Oops, he's dead. He he wants vengeance. That makes me want to see if there's a fan edit of this movie that removes all the fantasy elements. Yeah. I 
speaking of semi fantasy elements, so the uh, essentially the mountain. This uh, it, it's cast Correct. as the love the Lovecraftian samurai. This is the what? one. That's that the actual a, title. Uh, that's the name. He's cast in forty seven run as the love, Lovecraftian samurai. Um, his name is Neil Fingleton. He's actually seven foot seven, one of the twenty five tallest men wow. in history. Um, so, hey, what's Lovecraftian about him? That's gonna bother me. Deeply. It doesn't look Lovecraftian at all because the creature from Alien is Lovecraftian. Like everything yes. about the bad guys in Alien is Lovecraftian. This is not even close. But anyways, they don't even know. I hope those twenty five tallest people don't band together. There like are the forty seven <laughs> people in this movie. <laughs> they Voltron, they kill all us short people. They Voltron. He's together. had some pretty interesting roles. Can we go through this just really quick? I'm going yeah, to give you two more. One is so the giant. Uh, one of the giant characters from North of the Wall of the Wildlings, like ah. he on the parts oh. where you can tell it's a person, that yeah. was Neil Fingleton. Also, for some of the fighting scenes, are y'all familiar with the? Do you remember the Sargorn from two weeks ago, the reptilian with wings and Jupiter ascending? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. Neil Fingleton in the are fight you serious? scenes. Yes, dude, he is our double busted or whatever you'd call what it, double buster. Earth? But yeah, he shows up again. But yeah, that he's, that that he's was by busted. By busted. Oh, he's 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 Mag the Mighty in Game of Thrones. Oh shoot! But but doesn't this feel like uh, you know they talk about earlier, and we talked a lot about yesterday? Is the director wanted this to be something between Gladiator and Kingdom of Heaven, which by the way are both Ridley Scott, and then everybody else <laughs> wanted this to be production. Wanted this to be uh, either of the Avatar, yeah. Avatar, or Lord of the Rings, or something like that. Jeez. And so yeah. This is clearly, to me, the Lovecraftian samurai is one of our massive, memorable ba- battles <laughs> of Maximus with the tigers, and then the 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 main dude, right? Like the mask almost looks the same, worn by the gladiator. That is the one that's yeah. like the dude, champion that's they, never lost. Okay, they whenever, took aim whenever at that two samurai, different targets and then immediately shot into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, whenever <laughs> that samurai dies in the explosion, there's no body inside the armor. Is that what's Lovecraftian about it? Is he? I think it's an animated suit of armor. That was oh. cool. If we're gonna go, if we're that's gonna what I'm go. saying, like oh. that belongs in the Pitbull Odyssey. That does not belong <laughs> in Forty Seven Ronin. <laughs> Preach. Hey, real quick, but um, we're about to take a trip. Speaking of worldwide, <laughs> we're about to take a trip over to Shout Announcements. But before we do, I'm going to give you five seconds to name literally any Pitbull song by name. Miami. Pitbull, and now we'll Pitbull go to shout the Pitbull story. Welcome to shout announcements, the part of the show when we give shout outs and make announcements. Yeah. Thank you, Nigel. Nice. Thank you, Nigel. Okay, Nigel's gone. Um, Nigel is. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, he's behind you. No. He's back. Did you see him? He's in your. He's in your <laughs> he shot. Teleported. Oh, he's he's talking into the Sorry. microphone now. Well, I can hear him. What's he saying? Uh, is it? I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go home. Uh, Sorry, Nigel. Nigel. I thought you'd get to hang out this no, time. Nigel had to go home. Uh, that's what he said. <laughs> at least I don't know. He's a he's a notorious liar. But we'll see. Oh, here he comes again. It looks like he forgot his Stop. keys or something. No. Have you seen, go away, hey, Nigel. Have you seen my keys? I can't leave without my keys. Nigel, shoo! Oh, that worked. I just had to shoo him. That's crazy. Oh, I brought my broom out. I'll swing it at him if he comes back. Shoo, Nigel. Don't bother don't me. Don't bother me, Nigel. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if you like a lot of what just happened, you know, that crazy, zany, <laughs> unexpected, <laughs> um, sort of sort of cinema of the unexplained type humor. Well, I have good news for you. There's a lot more of this and that. If you go on over and check out our Patreon, that's a special place for patrons only where our chunky, chunky patrons get special access to web pages, extra votes in our polls, special lists, special episodes, including some games that you might find out about. It's all good stuff and it is exclusive to our patrons. We'd love for you to check it out, especially because is pretty reasonably priced. If I say so myself, it's $3. If anybody else says so, they're wrong. It's $3 a month forever. It's permanent. <laughs> you have to commit. You pay it all at once. You decide how many Poor more months you will live. And then just wear your $3 around our neck. <laughs> you can't talk anymore either. I know that's not the same thing. Mine was a Little Mermaid <laughs> reference, but... 
Speaking of things that you can wear around your neck and also your arms and your torso and your head and your chest and your ribs. dump coffee in it. And your tummy. And you can wear it on the outside of your hand and hold coffee in it, which, and then wear the coffee (laughs) with the inside of your mouth. And of course we're talking about merch. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, If you have ever seen our faces and thought that would look a whole lot better if I could touch it with my hands (laughs) and put it on my body, we have great (laughs) news. You can do that. Starting real soon. Keep your eyes peeled to our social media channels and you'll be yes. the first one to know I am about all kinds of so excited stuff. about our designs. And by our designs, yeah. I of course mean your designs, Doge. Doge's designs. <laughs> I think they look pretty good. I'm really excited for them. I think they look great. Amongst the other exciting things happening, our new friendship with Nigel, merch store, all that fun stuff. The Nigel uh, one's the big one that I'm excited about. That is the big one. Uh, I have another name for you. His name is Tyler. Tyler Grayson Ellis uh, is a good friend of mine that uh, we met playing League of Legends and uh, got to know each other better. He's a pretty phenomenal artist. Oh, I would say uh, that's an understatement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He is awesome. And so he was so kind uh, to work with us and we were able to uh, give him a commission to do some stuff for us. And so we've got some fun stuff. Uh, that will be dropping uh, very, very soon for your eyes that this Tyler week, has worked probably. on. Yeah, definitely this week. And so I would uh, highly recommend giving him a look and we're definitely giving him a big shout out here, but that's Tyler Grayson. So G-R-A-Y-S-O-N Ellis on Instagram. There's some underscores there betwixt his names. Uh, and then he has a Patreon as well. So if you wanted to have commissions too, uh, you end up liking what you see from what he's done for us, uh, which my friends, I, it's been really hard for me not to go ahead and publicly oh, big time. <laughs> share some it's of this because I am- I can tell you there's going to be a poster of of many of the things you'll see in my own office and bathroom and house and car. Like it's just, Absolutely. I, I want it everywhere. I'm going to make kind of making a lot of my, one of those uh, uh, windshield covers for when it's hot outside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Tyler is making our dreams come true. That's true. And so he can do the same for Much you like on Patreon. Oates. So uh, give him a look. Same guy. Tyler Grayson Ellis. Tyler Grayson Ellis is the Great. Hall and Oates of the digital art world. Great artist. You. you do know what they say about guys with three names, though. I mean, John Wilkes Booth. Hall John Wayne and Gacy, Oates. Hall and Oates. <laughs> Hannibal <laughs> Mark Lecter. <laughs> I'm just yeah. saying, you got to watch out. You know, you got to wonder what they were thinking when they made his middle name Mark. He's been studying our faces for some time now. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just... I'm a little worried. Sorry. I'm glad you guys are on board with this, but I'm a little nervous I'm about a little it. stuck here on how to get back That's out of true. shout announcements. I'm going to call Nigel and see if he's got any feedback for us. Nigel's so good at these transitions. I hope he's here. Hello, it's me, Nigel. Hey, Nigel. I was just wondering uh, if you know how to get us back to the show. Well, I'd probably say something like, it's time to go back to the show. And we're back. You know, the show. That we do. <laughs> We're back. The show. We're back. The show about the dinosaurs. Uh, you know, uh, not the mama. It's a good movie. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Love that Nailed movie. That. I love that movie. Um, speaking of movies, I want to talk about 47 Ronin. Specifically, um, what I would like to talk about is the scene where they're all making their pledge um, to uh, die when this is all over. <clears throat> what a My missed dude. opportunity for so, so much yes. poignance here. Right. That, and they put that in there because it is literally a part of the folklore. Oishi was supposed to have given this rousing, uh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like I was cheated out of an incredible movie. I, by the way, they decided to do it because now nobody's going to touch the 47 Ronin story for years. Maybe we should write a fake script. And then within 18 months, hmm. Melissa Joan Hart, are you listening? <laughs> How would you like to get a piece of that 47 Ronin Starring pie? Mario hey, she's got th- wait, she has three names. She has three names. Are we just going to let that? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Slide. Mo- Melissa in front Mo- of us the whole time. More like Melissa Joan Mark. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So, uh, definitely. I laughed. Is Nigel here? I liked him better. I laughed out loud. When Keanu was the last person to sign the thing, because it just felt so anticlimactic to let him be the guy who's like, I'll see the deal. And it, it a little bit 
I know that this is hacky and I'm sorry, but it just felt like he was going to be like, you asked me whether I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back from John Wick. <laughs> like it just didn't have the gravitas that I wanted it to have. No. Keanu didn't have the gravitas that I wanted him to have. I, and I think he wisely avoided repeating his Bram Stoker's Dracula mistake of trying to do anything other than his regular yeah, voice. Yeah, that's true. But it was still like, he just did not have it Is for me. Is there any sword or blade that has ever existed that can cut a finger by simply just like contact? Because none of them pressed their thumbs. This is pre, pre-magic sword, yeah? No, those are the magic swords. Is that why it happened that way? Then maybe it's the magic swords. The effect for the magic swords looked so stupid. So why did the, why did the big boy's sword not cut through the tree? He didn't believe. Is that really it? Is that really what it was? I have no idea. I don't know. Cause Keanu's it sword. It didn't because it didn't. Keanu pressed his sword through the tree and then big boy, like n- nothing happened. And also by the way, it never mattered that the swords were magical. No, they never did anything magical. What's an, another phenomenal thing about the the actual story of 47 Ronin is I do believe only one of them dies before they have to like fulfill right. the law, right? Before they commit the suicide. So it is, uh, the, that this is our guy that the one you're referring to as the big guy is the one that we see die that we're supposed to feel bad. Aren't we? Yeah. I liked his character actually. I did too. I liked him a lot. But there's not enough. Correct. That's no. like it's not even because we spend too much time with Neo. Hey, can I? He's supposed to be like a little John or something, and it yes. just doesn't. Work. I'm going to skip forward um, super far in the movie because I'm holding off on talking about the raid. But real quick, I want to talk about um, Oishi's son. Speaking of the impact of people dying and living, that that should have been a really great moment for yeah. um, the Shogun to say, like, I'm I will allow your son to live and not die at this point because I want your bloodline to continue. That's a great, that's a cool thing of like what you're doing. You're right. Like according to like law, you do have to die because of what you did. And so technically should he, but like what you did was so great that I'm going to honor you by letting your bloodline continue. That should have been a powerful, powerful moment. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Not even close. It just wasn't. It should have been Jimin Hounsu burying the doll in the dirt at the end of Gladiator. And it just wasn't. Um, and that is disappointing on a number of different levels, but I, I don't want to put it off any longer. I want to talk about the raid on, uh, what is it? Kira? Akko. No, 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 no. Sorry. Lord Kira. Isn't he the, the oh, guy oh, who took yes. the daughter? Yeah. So from the moment that they arrive in the, um, wagon all the way up until the dragon happens, that's my super pump for this movie. That is everything this movie should have been and contained. Absolutely. The silent raid, the like the plan gone wrong with the tripping and falling on the stage, like, or getting hit with the arrow while you're trying to do the assassination there. Like all of that is so cool. So interesting. So unique. So fun. Like all the arrows and the plan taking down of the different, uh, guards and like putting on their helmets to stay in their place. So cool. I loved yes. it. And then the dragon shows up and I was just immediately the out The fantasy again. aspect. Yep. You want to know something wild about Tell me? me? Did I say that's my the super dragon. pump? Sorry. Did I say that's my super pump? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, the dragon and the Kirin and the demon king and all those people. Yep. The creature design is my super pump. Oh yeah. They looked cool. The Kirin looks amazing. Yeah. The dragon looks amazing. The demons look amazing. Yeah. They just, this is just the wrong movie. They're just not supposed to be here. They do a good job and I'm really proud of them, <laughs> but they're not supposed to be here. Visually, there's a lot to like in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, even down to the costumes, like you were saying, Carter, like the costumes are really cool and unique and um, yeah, the creature design's incredible. I loved the way the Demon King looked. Um, I yeah. honestly loved a lot of the set design. Like I loved the, the, what do they call it? The, what kind of island was it with all the boats together? Um like Swedish Island or Norse Island. Oh, the Dutch, Dutch Island. Island. Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. See, there's so much of that though. That's like the setting and even the costuming. The costuming is not terribly historically accurate. Correct. Like none yeah. of these guys have the like the samurai bun, right. right? We know what samurai's hair looked like and it wasn't this right. stuff. But uh, 
there's so much of the the set design even that's like that is super western fantasy right like the way that the the women's hair is is very like marie antoinette and not at all like 1700s japan yeah. uh we shot a lot of this uh i think in bulgaria which does not look like Japan topographically. Sure, like there's sure. so much of it that's like, oh, you wanted Middle Earth for that shot. You didn't want Japan. Well, they did. They so, actually I don't know. did want Middle Earth for that shot. But I'm like, I'm torn between. <laughs> that's the worst And it's part. hard because I don't know whether I like that because it looks awesome. But I don't know whether I like that or whether I'm bummed that that's in this movie because it's not supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. There's just so much that not that not supposed to be in this movie. Can I show y'all something? So uh, through the power of Zoom, I get to share a screen with them. And oh, I just this is the to moment do this. that we do every show. The moment sponsored yeah, yeah, by yeah. Zoom. The Zoom yeah, minute. Thank you. Sorry, Zoom. This is the Zoom minute. But I'm going to share something with y'all. Um, they have seemed to cho- They seem to have decided for the poster of 47 Ronin to highlight all the worst things about 47 Ronin. Like it is. Can you believe that's the poster? Goodness gracious. There is not. Why is Tattoo Dude like the, on this poster? He was a big he's get. the second. He's the second biggest, like person on the poster, like physically. And then we have our Lovecraftian samurai and our witch lady. And Keanu, of course, is the biggest thing about this movie, which is the biggest mistake. The, but that just blows uh, my mind. That the Gun Boy was like a big get. He was he was a Canadian like circus sideshow performer guy that they got at the time. Yep, and he has hardly anything to do with it. Yep. But yeah, he, that's his actual tattoos. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's an expensive mess. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe more than either of the other two movies, this one feels like the biggest miss. Um, not the worst movie, the biggest miss. I think it's because it is, it's a miss that's transparent right, in terms of like, it's, it's not a homogenous mixture. You know yeah. what I mean? Because with Jupiter ascending, I can't tell what they were going for because everything right. is so thoroughly mixed up with everything right. else that I can't separate right. the good from the bad. But this one, it's like, it's like a swirl. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, I can see it's a chocolate and vanilla swirl. And if I just take the vanilla out, the chocolate is what I really want. And I can see it and right there. it's pretty there, good chocolate stuck, too. Yeah. But it's stuck with this crappy vanilla. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great analogy because like you're saying, if there was even an edit without Keanu and the fantastical stuff, the ice cream works because you get, you can get yes. the vanilla out, but you're still going to have a really tiny amount of ice cream left at the end. Like Exactly. No, that was, you know, I love a good food metaphor and that was just solid. Craving some soft serve right now, which is notoriously hard to get during a shelter situation. And for your lactose tummy, <laughs> my boy. That's true. That's true. The soft serve would... Passed through me unchanged. <laughs> do you have a do you have a yes. handle? Do you have a mix handle? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> XOXO. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, I think th- there's something um extra disappointing about a missed opportunity. I hate to keep bringing it back to Jupiter Ascending, but it's it's the worst movie I've seen in a long time. So I'm gonna go back to it. Jupiter Ascending, um, you're, you're right. It, it felt like a miss, but, um, what, what was it going for? Like, I don't even know what to be sad for. <laughs> like I couldn't point to anything in there that worked, but the problem is that I can point to so much in this that does work. Yeah. But I'll tell you though, since we're this far into this series, I would say that Jupiter ascending has been my most enjoyable. Watch. What? And that is because it is so awful. Like, There is nothing that upsets me about, like, there's nothing like, wow, you could have been this. It's so darn mixed up that it is just a perfect little mess. It doesn't have anything that I was like, man, if you had just done this, because they chose to do everything uh, wrong. So yeah, I, it has been my most enjoyable watch and my least enjoyable is monsters, uh, monster trucks, and then 47 Ronins, right? Interesting. And I, I agree though, that it had the most potential. Interesting. I think so. This is a, this is a good discussion, I think, cause mine's super different than yours. I would put monster trucks dead middle, Jupiter ascending dead last and 47 Ronin up by a good lead, but only because I think I, it's like I was saying earlier, as I watched it until I realized that there was source material this came from that made a better story. I actually really was like, this isn't that terrible. Yeah, we might. And we might even be seeing, saying the same thing though. 
I recognize that Jupiter Ascending is the worst movie of the three. I'm simply saying it is so comically bad that it is my favorite watching experience. Okay. If I was to recommend one of the three movies that we have watched to anybody, it is for sure Jupiter Ascending. I think it 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 gives you the most memories. I think it has the most times to laugh. That's okay, something that's you know just what? I so think, bad. I think I agree with you. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. Because I think I agree with you, even though my opinion is different. I think, or, or maybe I just feel differently. But yeah, I think if I was going to say you have to watch one of these, I would say Jupiter Ascending so you could understand where yeah. we're coming from with how wild it is. Um, yes. And yeah, maybe, maybe Doge, unless you got something to add, maybe it's time to rate so we can expand on this a little bit. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's rate this movie then. It's time for that. And we're going to use science. With the scientific cinema scale created right here in our own labs, in-house at Two Chunks and a Hunk, the scientific cinema scale is the perfect way to rate movies, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. Buy that poster. I forgot to say it with you guys. I'm very sorry. (laughs) The next best thing we can ever say about a movie is buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie God had forsaken us. us. I'm going to go first because I feel strongly about my answer with my reasoning. I am forgetting this movie and it's not because it's worse than monster trucks. I'm forgetting this movie because if we as a, as a universe can manage to forget that the Keanu 47 Ronin exists, then there is a chance that in the near future, we can get the good one. And that's what I desperate, like, like I have a fire inside me to the point where if I see a movie announced called Ronan, I'm going to bait my breath until I find out whether or not it's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. I carbon copy almost. I had, I almost had the same reason why I was going to forget it because I would, that would literally be the best case scenario is for it to be forgotten because this one, so Jupiter ascending, uh, is, uh, well, I told you it's my, it's the most enjoyable of the three. It's upsetting because it has no idea what it is. It's like you were sitting down with someone, uh, that has too many ideas and none of that connect. Uh, monsters, uh, monster trucks was upsetting because it was offensive to movies like ET. Yeah. And it thought that it might be doing something like that, but then it decided to add Friday night lights a little bit, but no explosions uh, in the then, sky, which yeah, is the big this, miss. Yes. 47 <laughs> Ronin is, is a forget for me because it is by far the most upsetting. And that's because it by far had the most potential. And, and one thing was clear clearly wrong about it. And if they had at least just eliminated that part, which is Kai and everything associated in the fantasy aspect, this could have been a great movie. Mm. I'm forgetting it for the exact same reason. Okay. I don't, I don't want to watch this again. I don't want anyone to watch this again. I want everyone to forget about it so that we can get the real 47 Ronin story that the world deserves. Yeah. And we can also maybe get the Pitbull Odyssey story that the world <laughs> deserves. Cause I think that'd yes. be pretty cool too. Honestly, that's a good point. <laughs> we don't need to discount the fact that there's, there's a great movie hidden in 47 Ronin and there's the start of a great movie also hidden in 47. Like there's two cool ideas. It's peanut butter and steak and you have to choose. You can't have them both. Yeah, but then you take that peanut butter, you go add some chocolate. Now you got a Reese's. You add that steak and you add some, uh, some roasted asparagus with some olive oil, salt and pepper. Ooh. Yeah. And now your pee-pee stink. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That's what steak, uh, asparagus is It's steak. That's for sure. Oh man, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is the most it's felt like we've been on the same page since we started Blockbusted. And I got to tell you, boys, I liked it. Yeah. It felt good. It feels, I didn't it feels really good like it. to agree if, sometimes. If there's one thing that makes a good podcast experience, it's all of us agreeing all the time. Well, if people <laughs> want to hear us go at each other pretty hard, they can just step back one series and re-listen to Pixar where we all got mad always all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> because because when you like something, when you like something well enough, Set it, it free. becomes if it comes back, personal. It's yours forever. I would like to... What are we doing next That's week? That's what I was going to say. Look, same page. Any, are there any episodes of our show coming out there next week? There are. Next week, we are going what to are be, they? be releasing week four of Blockbusted with the movie Mars Needs Moms, which I know quite literally nothing about. I think. I remember, <laughs> seeing, it's I remember seeing a trailer for it. Is it animated? Yes, okay. it is animated. I remember seeing a trailer for it and thinking, 
boy, why would I watch that? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Uh, and something else to look forward to, and I'm just going to drop it on us because I think we just, we, we're choosing in our subconscious not to talk about it, but there will be a Patreon episode soon oh, I forgot. of us talking about, exactly, because your mind and body oh, and soul and no. heart told you not to. Yep. You both did. Oh, I knew I you forgot. did. So here's a surprise announcement to my own co-hosts. We're going to be doing a Patreon episode of Cats. Oh. So if you are not a Patreon member, my friends, I think now is the time. Dude, I forgot is, we were doing. Are that. they famous? They're probably in this movie. Get ready. I we're, forgot we, are talking we were about doing cats. that. I know y'all Dang did. It. Dude, and here it is. Here's Callie your reminder. Is going to episode. be over the moon. I can't wait to tell her when she gets back home that we are going to watch cats. She's going to blow a gasket. Hey, speaking of blowing a gasket, yep. there's plenty of reasons. Are you going to watch that. it with your new with your cat? Yeah, with maybe. Bruce. What's Bruce going to think of oh, it? Probably have a bit of an existential crisis if I had to guess. <laughs> hey Bruce, me too. <laughs> don't backtrack all the progress with old Brucey. Yeah, no, not, not again. <laughs> don't. Now, uh, speaking of blowing gaskets, I would love to direct your attention to us over on social media. We've got a killer Instagram feed, lots of good information on Twitter, and it's coming at you pretty much all the time. So go give those. <laughs> and we probably have a Facebook. I Do don't we? remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I think we have a Facebook page. Yes. Oops. We have a Facebook. Tell your aunt. I put Don't it as go my to work. <laughs> Don't go to Don't that Don't go one. to that one so much. But uh, make sure you like our stuff and follow us because that's great. And subscribe. If you're not already subscribed to our podcast, you can get the episodes the moment they come out. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. We're coming for you. I promise. So just subscribe and it'll get delivered, bing, right to your device. Speaking of things happening right on your device, the best thing that could happen to us on your device is for you to leave us a rating or a review on the iTunes store uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that remains the best way to help our show uh, reach new ears and invite new people to be your brothers and sisters. And we can, three of the three of us can be your cool dads <laughs> making podcasts for our kids to love. Mm, that's great. So find some yeah. siblings and rate and review. We should rename our podcast. Speaking of dot, 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 because that is by far our favorite transition. Speaking of our favorite transition, do you think it's about time to transition to the outro for this I episode? I really, really do, Doge. I'm glad you asked. Thank you so much. To end today's episode, uh, I'd like for us each to reach inside, find our inner child, because we will be watching Mars Needs Moms next week. And uh, I'd like for you to say your name and what movie snack you will be consuming while watching this movie. Hmm. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders. I think I might pop some popcorn and dump a bag of M&Ms in it. Ooh, such Salty, a good sweet, you know what I mean? I'm into that. Yes. I'm Doge and I will do the exact same thing because I did just find some boxes of M&Ms in my <laughs> closet. But I think now is the time to confess that if I was going to a movie theater to see this movie, historically in my life, my movie theater snack has been Milk Duds. Milk Duds? I'm a nice. Sour Patch think about, boy. Think about me. Think about who I yeah, am. Yeah, no, you're old. I have the... The snack that the, smiles the culinary back. disposition milk duds. <laughs> and the culinary disposition of a World War One veteran. <laughs> so of course I love milk duds. Was oh, that gray meat? Do you guys have gray meat? Oh, I would love. I would love some gray meat. Uh, I'm Carter, and I have recently discovered that a local grocer carries a wonderful brand of salt and vinegar chips. Oh. That uh, in in a very small print but very uh, big influence says bold, meaning there is a specific Ooh. kind that is a stronger taste of that salt and vinegar. And I do believe that's what I'll be munching Dude, on. Dude, in, in 300 years, archaeologists are going to dig up your body and they're going to find bones and they're going to find old rotted clothes and a perfectly preserved tongue from these chips. Uh, that's exactly what they're going to find. I, I saw today on social media, <laughs> one of those, like you can only pick three and it's like a bunch of things and it was chips. Mm -hmm. I read the comments, the amount of disrespect towards salt and vinegar chips was no way. staggering. Dude, are, it's in, it's half of the Willis house Give family. me salt and Vinny's mm -mm, or give me death. I've always said that. Yep. We're half and half in, in the Willis home. So what's the other half? 
Just vinegar? Well, Chelsea doesn't <laughs> like them. I like salt chips. She likes vinegar chips. <laughs> That's why we work together so well. Why don't we just join? You got your salt in my vinegar. You got your vinegar in my salt. Hi, I'm a vinegar. And I'm a salt. Oh, like the Mac commercials. <laughs> the one, the Remember those with Justin Long? Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.